Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Taking Care of Business. This week I'm joined by Fintan Flanley, the head of our developer sales team. Going to cover a few subjects with you all from Cityscape to Golden Visas to the countryside of Dubai and a couple more chucked in at the end also. So to kick things off, let's go cover Cityscape. Fintan, I know you spent a lot of time there. I didn't because I was hard working. <laughs> um, just yeah. joking. So, first of all, let's explain to everyone, what is Cityscape? So, Cityscape has been traditionally this uh, event at the World Trade Center here in Dubai, where all of the developers in the market would congregate and show their, their newest and latest greatest projects. Um, this year, it ran last week for three days event. Um, it probably wasn't as big. It's the first time we've come back to World Trade Center since COVID. Oh, really? Last year it was out at the expo, yeah. in one of the exhibition halls. So this this year, Cityscape itself had maybe four of the large larger developers at the uh, show this year. But around the whole week of Cityscape, we had a lot of other events happening. That was Bingati had the launch of their new project in the Coca-Cola Arena. There was an event at Bulgari, uh, building up to the uh, Blue Waters project that's been released. And um, so there's a lot of other events in or planned in or around Cityscape because there's a lot of um, talk in the, in, the, in the market. Yeah, it's that week where everything comes together, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Where it's, it's a good time for developers to, to put the launches on, to talk about new projects, new, new master plans and, and new things that they're going forward. I remember myself going to um, Cityscape a few years ago and it is, it's just a huge, huge event, isn't it? I remember Sheikh Mohammed was there walking around and this yeah. huge like throng of people just following them all the world, all the way around, you get, almost get stampeded over. I think this year now, it was a, um, obviously the developers are there, but the year that's been in it, like this is the year of the tiger, but it's been the year that the developers have roared back into town. But <laughs> a lot of the developers this year, they, they didn't have to have a presence at Cityscape. So it was used as a platform for uh, a couple of developers that were entering into the Dubai market for the first time, like Arada. Good. So Arada are a Sharjah-based developer, and they have they have got two plots that they've bought in Dubai. Uh, they're making a statement in their entry. They're jumping into J- uh, Jameer Golf Estates. Wow. What, so what are they doing in Jameer Golf Estates? So there's a, a project called Jury Hills. Yeah. Two hundred ninety-four townhouse villas and mansions that they took the opportunity at Cityscape to launch into the market. So they are going for it then, aren't they? Because usually if, if a developer comes into the market, what we usually see is an, an area that we wouldn't maybe consider as a prime area, such as Jamir Golf States, yeah. and a much smaller development, maybe a cluster of 30 townhouses or 40 townhouses. So, yeah. yeah, they're really pushing the boat up. So as I said, they also bought a plot on the PAM. Wow. So it's a statement of intent to go into the two pr- most prime locations within the Dubai market with this developer. So again, as I said, they've got three bed and four bed townhouses. Um, starting point, you're looking at 3.99 million. And what kind of design can we expect from them? Is it traditional? Is it modern? So, um, Arada are very um, well known in Sharjah for low density, uh, lush greenery, a lot of amenities and facilities within the community. The design of the townhouses themselves are again keeping on vogue with what's in the market demand, and that is that contemporary. So, traditionally, we had seen more me- uh, Mediterranean yep. and Arabic style homes. And what we're seeing now, uh, I'm trying not to mention Talal Gaff today, but it's too late. Um, that contemporary home that's coming to the market, that there's just an appetite for these beautifully designed, light-filled homes. And I think that's what they're trying to do is, you know, by having a low density, lots of greenery, they're trying to bring the outside 
back into your living space that when you're inside, because in Dubai you're going to spend the majority of yeah. your time indoors, um, aside from this time of year, which is beautiful. Um, and they've done a really good job on the, the design, um, but they've also got a place in the market as well where there's a se severe lack, and that's in that kind of Uber luxury segment. So they've got mansions coming up there in the later phase, 22 to 24 million dirhams as well. Very nice. So it'll be a nice uh, mixed development, where as I said, you know, you want to be part of a community that has mansions, but you've got three and four bed townhouse and five bed independent villas. Good. So it was good, again, for them, it was a great launch pad for them to go into Cityscape, where you had the meeting of the developers, you had the, the brokers in Dubai, and you had those investors that are coming in that are exploring the options in Dubai at the moment. People that are in Dubai now at the moment for the World Cup, while they're here during the day, they go down, went down to Cityscape to see what it had to offer. But it was, again, you had, who else have we got down there? So sorry, just to pick yeah. up on that point, People came, like football fans, spectators, came over to Dubai, maybe in transit to Qatar, maybe even just to stay here and watch the football, because we've seen that a lot. And whilst they're in Dubai, predominantly come to watch the football, they've also gone to Cityscape to see about investment in Dubai. Yeah, I mean, traditionally, Dubai at this time of the year attracts a lot of focus from the world. People come here for the tourism, they come here for everything that Dubai has to offer. Um, but whilst they're here, they fall in love with Dubai. And what we're seeing is a lot of people that are coming maybe over from the UK and Europe, are now uh, staying in Dubai, traveling to the games, coming out of Al Maktoum Airport and a lot of the flights that Dubai, fly Dubai have put on. But during the day, they're looking here and saying, hang on a second, I can there's, see there's, there's, there's so much positivity around here. And when they're out talking to people and they're getting the vibes of what's been happening in Dubai, like we're in a bubble here, we think this is now the norm. When we go home or listen to people that are at home or in Europe, we realize that there's this is not worldwide. This is quite unique to what's happening in, in Dubai. Um, so again, it was at Cityscape last year that Select Group launched Peninsula. And they've gone on phase after phase selling throughout the year. But again, it's been targeting that uh, a lot of European uh, global investors coming into Dubai. So picking up on Select Group, what did the big boys or the bigger players in the market do this year at Cityscape? You like a select group, Nikhil, Damak, Imar? Well, interesting enough, this year, there, there, was, they, there wasn't the presence of the big guys. There was, if I was to say, there was Azizi, Danube, Arada, who are new into the Dubai market. Um, and we had, um, as I said, Danube launching a project uh, in JVC. Um, it's okay. Again, they're famous for their 1% uh, payment plan, six-year payment plan, paying 1% per month. So this is their first time they've gone into JVC. Does um, that work? What, so what's the down payment on that? Like maybe 4% so, down payment? And so initially what you're looking at typically is a, a, a two-year uh, construction period, by which time you'll have paid about 52%. And after handover, you'll maybe get a four-year post-handover payment plan of 1% per month. So for people that have there's a lot of people there that can't get mortgages or because of their beliefs don't want to get mortgages. So a payment plan like this, once you can get to that milestone of the approximately 52% at the time of handover, then you've got four years. So now you're no longer paying rent and you're paying 1% per month. So it's like mortgage, you're paying on a monthly an basis. Yeah. Um, and that's been a formula that since they launched back in 2015-16 um, in Al-Farjan, Studio City, 
uh, and other locations that are not prime locations, but they're along that Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed corridor um, has, has worked very well for them. Um, again, they launched their project there. Um, Shoba, again, used this as a platform. So Shoba are the master uh, developer for Shoba Heartland. And they've nearly exhausted all of the plots. So in there we have our townhouse, our villas, and our apartments, two schools. So now, very interesting, uh, on the other side of the Alain Road, back on the Alhael, Russell Corps, they've got a new uh, master community coming up there. And again, they use this as a platform to drum up a lot of interest. Uh, a beautiful, iconic building, uh, Shoba One, they, they launched this. Um, and, but even on the back end of having that kind of momentum from Cityscape, even yesterday evening we had uh, details coming out of a new project that they're going to launch in the marina. Showbird launch? Yeah. Oh, good. So that's the first time that's there. Yeah. And again, Cityscape is just this um, moment in time that whilst a lot of the bigger developers weren't there this year, um, because they're selling out, they don't need to be there. Yeah. Um, it had all of the other developers that weren't there having their own events like Shima uh, launched a project in JVC. You now have Iman, who got an award at the Cityscape, now about to launch a project in Dubai Hills on the back of selling three projects in JVC this year. So there's an awful lot of activity that happens outside of uh, the, the World Trade Center during Cityscape, but it really brings a focus to what's happening to real in, estate in Dubai. So that's from the selling side. Who's, and I know this is a question we, we ask a lot in a pod, but I think it's, it's always one that people are interested in. Who's buying at the moment? How are they buying? Where's the money coming from? Um, again, we look at um, UK, France, Germany. You'll always have your traditional um, India, Pakistan will always come in here. Obviously, with the political situation that we've spoken about before in uh, Ukraine, you've got a lot of uh, people coming in from Russia and buying and Ukraine as well. Because, again, there's this desire to uh, while crypto is doing its own thing and stocks, stocks and shares are volatile at the moment, people know real estate is safe. And if you leave your money in real estate for time over time, you'll, you'll have a very good investment. They also want to get their money out of their own currency and dollarize it. And one very easy way of doing that is going with the developers. We're not coming now into the secondary market, trying to find the right unit, looking at, they just go to some of the big players in the market who can produce the paperwork that's required if there's uh, some countries will have currency control uh, restrictions. Um, I'm just thinking of a client last week that came in and you know as we're discussing the investment he learns about the golden visa and then all of a sudden he's now going to say listen I want to have that. I want, to, I want that golden visa as a bit of a backdrop. So this is a question I was going to ask you as well with regards to golden visas and you'll be able to explain it better than me but so far, we've, we've had a lot of interest around golden visas, both on the residential side and on the, um, the developer sales side. Yeah. Well, so the, the primary market and the secondary market. Yeah. Let's put it. Let's put it that way. But I'll let you. I'll let you take the floor. You just explain the situation for us, if you can, with people looking for a golden visa whilst buying properties off plan at the moment. So there was different um, visa reforms. Uh, announced again amidst the most of commotion in the world with COVID. Uh, Dubai is planning again, you know, the 
Dubai 2040 urban plan is, is thinking 20 years down the road and, and where they're going. So in the middle of all of this, they want to grow the population. Currently about April, we're looking at about three and a half million. They want to grow that to 5.8 million by 2040. How do we do that? We need I to think it'll be quicker than that. Sorry I, to interrupt. I, 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 I really think it will be. The way things are going here, and like I'm here now just over seven years, and I'm looking at around us where we're located now and how the city is growing and developing. And I believe that that's going to be something that will, a milestone that Dubai will um, reach earlier as well. Um, but part of that is then how do you retain the people here that feel that they you, they don't have to leave when they reach retirement age? How do we attract students? How do we give special talents in innovation, sciences, uh, come to Dubai? Um, but then the other one was the investor visa was kind of like a, a shorter term, two, three year visa. They had initially, if you invested one million in property, they reduced it to 750,000. But then they induced the golden visa. Because I think on the back of it, people realize that two to three years doesn't give me enough security. If I want to uh, a 10 year visa to come to Dubai, um, if I invest uh, two million uh, dirhams, I can apply for a golden visa. And the uptake of that this year has, I think, has really, everyone knew it was going to be very popular. But I think it's surpassed even it's the greatest expect yeah. expectations. So, and so can somebody go to a developer now, meet the, the requirements for the equity they need to put in and get a golden visa? Yes. So when you're buying off plan compared to secondary, secondary, you're going to have a title deed and you're going to show that uh, there's two million paid towards that property. So even if that property was mortgaged, they have to still demonstrate they've paid two million towards that property. So what I'm seeing at the moment is people are coming in and rather buying with secondary, they're going to the developer because it's just ease of business, but it's a new project, good payment plan. But I'm even seeing people now, they still have to pay that two million dirhams. So they're making advanced payments. So instead of paying 10% on booking, 10% in 60 days, and maybe going to a time or construction linked payment plan, they're now coming in and making that advanced payment. Now, a caveat to this is that since the 3rd of October, when the Golden Visa uh, came into effect, down at the Cube into my land department, where you'd, you'd go to apply for it, we're still waiting some um, final details because I think what they want to make sure is that there's going to be developers that need to be approved. They want to make sure that money isn't being paid on a project that is going to get delays or has a, a history. So I'll put a caveat there at the moment that if somebody is looking to to buy off plan and they want, they're doing it for uh, and they're making an advance payment to the two million threshold, do so with the more established reputable developers in Dubai that have a track record. Again, this is something that can be checked with Dubai Land Department. So do it first rather than be sorry later. Check first. And what? who would you say are the non-reputable developers in Dubai? <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> Okay, so let's put yeah. uh, let's move on from Cityscape and Golden Visas. Just a couple of a couple of other things that cover a couple of other things that we've seen in the news. So something I was quite interested to see um, the desert tourism or the countryside plan yeah. for Sheikh Mohammed that is introduced, bringing that back to property. Do you think that will have an impact on uh, developer sales, interest in the region? Do you think we'll see properties? Or property developments encroach closer to, to where the, uh, these tourism spots are? 
Um, well, I know with what's been launched recently, it's 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 moving further out, and we're talking about 100 kilometer trails and going out with bloom rides close to the um, I was going to say Love Island, not Love Island. That's a different show altogether. To the Love Lakes. To the Love Lakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks very much. Um, Maybe, maybe the Violin will come here. There's, a, there's enough fantastic mansions and villas. Maybe some of the antics. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely not. Yeah. Um, but I think anything that brings tourism into Dubai has spin-offs. People come here, they, they see Dubai. The aspiration is to the, the return visitor all the time. So you know yourself. You have family that come. A lot of people go places and they, don't, they rarely repeat going back to the same yeah. place. Dubai is a magnet for people to come back. So every year there's something new to do. Yeah. So again, keeping with that kind of uh, innovative spirit that Dubai has, this is just another an extension for the tourism. And I think at this time of the year especially, the, the amount of people that are actually living in Dubai that you'll see down in Carrefour or uh, Decathlon getting their tents and camping, this time of the year, it is just a completely different side to Dubai that is so far removed from the bling and the skyscrapers. It's a bit like going down to Old Dubai and Creek. Yeah. But now you're going into uh, the, the middle of the desert. Um, you know, the falconry, they'll do the hot air balloon rides um, and, and a lot of more treks. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. And I, I framed the question before, but I honestly hope that development doesn't encroach out there and that houses or property isn't built close to there because I think it does offer a different type of lifestyle and it offers something for both people living here and people people visiting here. So I hope it's like Sheikh Mohammed says, it is, it is a countryside, it's a different side to Dubai. We've got the amazing city, now let's show off the amazing countryside and desert spaces. Yeah, absolutely. Good, okay, so coming on to something else that's been in the news. Rira has doubled down on real estate guidelines yes. this week. So what Rira um, have done, it's more of um, a document that's issued to real estate companies and agencies rather than the wider market. However, I think it has been picked up on a new, uh, a few news sites, which is brilliant. It's just reaffirming that the values and the regulations and how we should operate as, yeah. as real estate agents, which I know we were talking off camera, we're a big fan of because if you go on this, I'm sure people watching are on some of this, the social media groups and the Facebook groups and real estate agents have a terrible reputation in, in general. And unfortunately, with some operators in the market, it is deserved so. I mean, I think anything that that can be used to bring up the, the standards in the market, any, any regulations or the more regulations we have to abide to, the better really. Listen, as you said, anything that elevates the standard of services that, um, the, again, this is all about the end user, the consumer, that they get has to be a good thing. Now, I've come from a real estate background, I'm doing it for 17 years, you're there as well, but there's new people that come into the market and there's some companies there that, you know, don't give them training, don't uh, get, and invest in the, the broker card and ongoing development. And therefore, they're left to their own devices. And therefore, there's gonna be those Facebook groups, I saw one last night, one woman is looking for something in the villa and somebody's jumping on there trying to give her something yeah, like an apartment in the marina. Yeah. So anything that kind of elevates the industry, um, and I suppose, you know, with this new listing of maximum of three, rewards the, the businesses that are doing things the right way can only be a good thing, surely. Yeah, I 100% agree. We've said for a long time, the more 
I, most companies don't say this, but the more regulation and the, the more the more that can be brought into the market from from people like the land department and and Riva, the better really for. for as I said, when they send out these circulars, it is all about education and reminding people um, because a lot of people they'll come to the broker car uh, broker course, get their card, and they don't have that mindset of ongoing development. So reminding people that are already in the industry that these is, this is the code of ethics. This is what is expected of you. You know, you're always, you've got a duty of care. I've used this word a couple of times in the last week with somebody because they had a very bad experience elsewhere and the client was not given a duty of care. Now, how many people are there in the industry today that could actually know, say there's a code of ethics? And when I've accepted my broker card, that I've signed up to this. Yep. And are they adhering to that code of ethics? Okay, so this is this is always a, a, a good thing when these things come out. Um, exactly, I couldn't agree more. Uh, so finally, to wrap up uh, things for today, Dubai Real Estate have got a note here, four billion dirhams worth of property transactions in one week. I think that was last week, so yeah. overall, I think the market is still performing exceptionally. One thing we have seen, which you, you'll be able to comment on as well, traditionally with Allsop and Allsop, we've seen around about a 70% split of buyers being financed buyers, predominantly going towards the secondary market. This year, we're actually tracking at around 50% of buyers finance and 50% of buyers cash flow. I think that speaks for the pattern of what's happening in the market. And Again, I saw this stat and I had a little question mark in my head because uh, Data can be sometimes um, mis misleading. I'm not saying this is misleading. That is actually factual. But when you look behind it, the, in the last month, we had more transactions that were uh, primary sales than secondary sales. Now, every primary sale is a cash, in effect, a cash purchase yeah. because you can't get a mortgage on a Northland property until it's, it's complete. Um, so my little question back in my head on this one was, are they calculating that based on secondary? Or are they taking into account what's happening in the off-plan market? Um, don't have the answer. Good question. Neither yeah. do I. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for bringing it up. We're, yeah. we're looking to uh, we're looking to that for everyone. I know from from our figures, um, we're looking at we're taking both into consideration. Yeah. But from a wider market point of view, yeah. we'll have to we'll have to get back to everyone. I think that's probably a good place to well, leave us. I'll tell you the reason why I say that is because the figure I had heard that was in one article was 20% mortgages. So the 20% mortgages would have to allow for off-brand sales. Because, yeah, 100%, yeah. Yeah, so on, on that figure, not your figure, Paul, you're right. <laughs> you're always right. Yeah, now in the wider market, in the secondary market, there's yeah. not 80% cash. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot more cash, but not 80% cash yeah, yeah, buyers. Yeah. Definitely. Good. Well, Finton, thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, as always, for watching. And again, as always, any questions, comments, whether you agree with us, disagree with us, anything you want us to talk about, let us know. If you can subscribe, like, comment on the podcast, it's also very much appreciated. Thank you very much. Thank you.